in today's podcast, Creating More Margin in Your Life Through Emotional Distancing. Hey everybody, I'm Aline Thompson, founder of Treasured Ministries, and welcome to the Live Treasure podcast, where we believe that intimacy with God creates inner healing and that you can transform your life through the power of God's word. I want to talk to you today about a way that you can create more margin in your life that you may not have thought of before, and that is through emotional rest. Now, I first heard about this concept just this past year. If you've been listening to our podcast, you know that I did a podcast on what I call my shelf-worthy books, which are books that, you know, impacted me over the past year. And one of those books was written by Dr. Sandra Dalton, and it's called Sacred Rest. And it's it's a great book. It is a really great book. And I have to say, I'm super excited because God is doing some great things with this author. He is giving her platform, even in the secular community. So it's it's really exciting because, anyway, she's a believer. So that's great, right? So we're excited about that. But it is it is really an awesome book. And there were so many aha moments for me inside of her book. But the biggest one was this idea of emotional rest as being a type of rest. Now, in her book, she goes through different types of rest, like spiritual rest and physical rest. And for a lot of those types of rest, I was familiar with them. But this idea of emotional rest was brand new to me. And I want to read to you what she says. She says, you experience emotional rest when you no longer feel the need to perform to meet external expectations. It is the cessation of emotional striving. We have an internal capacity to manage emotions We pour out of this space as we offer sympathy to a friend who just lost her husband, console a tearful toddler in our arms, or encourage our coworker on a job well done. Each interaction is giving a bit of ourselves. When our emotional withdrawals exceed our emotional capacity, we will experience emotional fatigue. Emotional rest is a deposit back into our emotional account. And then she says, where are you expending emotional energy? In an angry outburst during your morning routine with anxious thoughts while watching the evening news? Yeah, everybody's like, yeah. (laughs) 2020 and even now in 2021, being depressed about the climbing number on a scale in a conflict at work? while parenting a toddler, tween, teen, or graduate, regardless of the outlet, you are regularly using your emotions to interact with around you. 
emotions are similar to infections. They are highly contagious. As you share your emotions, you are also being affected by the emotions of others. When in proximity to others, emotions will spread. Now with the vast accessibility of the internet, they can be spread directly or indirectly. And then she goes on to say, we're more emotionally connected to the world than ever before. And because of this fact, we have tapped out our emotional capacity. This was a huge lightning bolt for me. And because I have been a codependent, boy, did I really feel the emotions of others. I was consistently trying to read the emotions of others because I felt responsible for everybody's happiness, right? And not only that, but a lot of times, you know, because my I was dependent on other people, my happiness, it was all dependent on other people. And so you can see where, in particular, for my past sin uh, pattern and for what I have to consistently guard my heart on, that this emotional rest is something that I need to be keenly aware of. And for those of you that have been listening to the Live Treasure podcast, you know that in the beginning of Last summer, I took a sabbatical. I have been in ministry now for over a decade. I'd never done that. Um, And it was, this book actually was a huge part of of my journey in that. But um, that was one thing, the emotional rest part that I really tried to concentrate on. You know, rest is not just about you taking vacation or creating more margin in your life. It's not about reading the latest productivity book. Have you ever thought of the energy that you're wasting emotionally or how much energy that is spending? You know, they say that one of the effects of anxiety is fatigue. Why? Because you're expending that emotional energy. And so today, I want to just give you um, just a few things that I really started to focus on during my season of rest. And now that I've sort of jumped back in, that I'm really trying to concentrate on. And I see how much um, time and worry and uh, just emotional unrest, right, uh, that I've had um, in my past that has been a complete waste of time because it wasn't, I was carrying things that weren't my responsibility and all these sorts of things. And so, if you tend to take on the emotions of others, and, and probably if you do, you grew up in a household where you really had to read emotions, right? Because if, if everybody was happy, then everything went okay. You know, you might be absorbing too much. 
And the bottom line is this, the very bottom line in all of this is that we want to have the time to do what God wants us to do. We want to have that emotional capability to pour out to our neighbor, our children, you know, when they need us. And so being diligent about how you're spending your emotions is absolutely paramount. It's paramount. So I'm going to give you a few practical tips that you can put into place. And maybe as I'm talking about these, you want to pick just one that you're going to uh, begin to, to do. All right. So the first thing, the first step that you can do to guard your emotional energy is to really just take... Um, to really just take inventory of relationships inside of your life. And there may be people that you are spending time around that are toxic. In her book, she talks about how emotions transfer. And, you know, we all know those people that are just great to be around. And then other people that just sort of pull from us, pull our emotional energy And so I want to ask you, are there people in your life that perhaps are pulling too much emotional energy? Now, there are people that God has called us to love and to care for our children. There are people that we're called to minister to, but are there people that you are staying inside of a close relationship with that God hasn't called you to. You know, inside of, um, if you if you want, you can go on our website um, and we've got a free resource called Authentic Friendship. And one of the things that I did inside of that ebook is I talked about, you know, what healthy friendship is and, and what it is not. Actually, I think I had a link for a video inside of YouTube. But one of the reasons why I wrote that ebook is because of an experience with a very unhealthy friendship in my life. And I really didn't feel like I had the permission to set boundaries because I thought that as a believer that I was supposed to be uh, nice to everybody and friends with everybody, and that's just not so. And, you know, we can have people in our life and we can be kind to people and not be emotionally close to them. You know, one of the things that Sandra points out inside of her book is that really to connect with people that we have to be authentic. That means that we have to be honest and and we have to um, share our weaknesses and and our vulnerabilities. And when you're around people, and I'm thinking about some people in my life right now, when I'm around people and I feel like I have to perform or I feel like that I am um, not bringing my authentic self because, uh, well, I don't want to be rejected, that can be taxing. And it can be taxing too because we're created to connect. And so, as, and I think especially 
um, for somebody like me, I, I am a true introvert and I love to connect with people. And so it always bothers me when everybody is being surface. Okay. But I think that there are some people in my life where I have just told myself it's not emotionally safe for me to go deep with this person. I can still love them. I can still be kind, but they have um, broken the trust for me to to share my heart, and it's just not healthy. And so if you want to um, hear more about that, you can do two things. You can go on our website. You can download the um, the ebook authentic friendship or pop on our YouTube channel. Uh, and I've got the video up there so, so that you can watch it. All right. So that's, that's number one. Um, number two is this, are you worrying about things that you can't control? I'm really trying to catch myself on that. And if you'll just make it a point, you could even do something like take a string and tie it around your finger to remind yourself. If you start to get into worry, asking yourself, am I worrying about something that I have no control over? Now, on the piggyback of that, I have to say this, and really this kind of taps into um, the part about relationships too. Another thing that you can do is you can stop rescuing people when God is not asking you to step in. You know, sometimes we step in and we try to fix and rescue because it makes us feel better, but sometimes God hasn't called us to do it. And sometimes when we step in and rescue, we're getting in the way of something that God wants to do in that person's life. And through this and through just sort of keeping this paramount, one of the things that I've caught myself and I'm learning as a mom, and my boys are all grown up now, but one of the things that I know I did in my past, because boy, did I love to rescue my children and you know bring their lunch when they forgot it and all this sort of things. But I think that I felt a responsibility that that is what I was supposed to do. And so then there was huge guilt when I didn't do it, right, and worry. Or there was all this worry that I wasn't doing enough uh, as a mother. And so I think sometimes if we hit that feeling of worry, um, we don't need to be condemned for it, by the way, but it could be a worry weed, And what I mean by that is going back to Mark chapter four, where it says the weed, you know, chokes out the truth, right? Of of the word of God that's planted in the seed. You can read about that parable later. But, but what I mean is when you start to feel worried because the Lord tells us not to feel worried, it's a good time to back up and say, Hey, is this something I have control over? For example, do I have control over whether or not somebody likes me? No. Do I have control over you know, uh, just keep asking yourself, is this something that I have control over? Do I have control uh, over this person making that choice, right? And as a former codependent, and if this is something you've struggled with, you've got to keep this paramount, right? All right, number three, um, old fears and insecurities. Now, 
You know, the enemy, wow, he knows our patterns and he loves to play in our thought life. And he loves to continue to sing the old songs, right? I mean, and the way that he works, he'll just start a song for us and we'll just chime right on in. And if you begin to to do this, if you begin to journal, like when you fear something or you have an old insecurity, like I'll tell you one, um, you know, with Treasured Ministries, something that will get me all the time is like the administrative detail for running a ministry is overwhelming to me. Okay. But I'm serious. Even in the little things like that, the repeated worry or fear or insecurity that we have, it could even be a little thing like that. We need to be aware of it. And if it's a repeated thing, it's probably something that the enemy is using to, you know, to steal your peace and your joy. And so much like you would just bat away a fly, we need to bring aware to that and say, oh, that's just that enemy trying to get me to, um, you know, to just be overwhelmed with treasured ministries instead of, you know, knowing that, that God's got it. Um, so we, we just need to be aware of those. And then there are deeper things, things that we're afraid to lose, like afraid to lose the love of our uh, children, or we're afraid that we're not being a good mother, or we're for all those things, you know, recognize those patterns, right? And then make time to spend time in the word of God and get that scripture up, that truth up, put it on the wall and know that if the enemy hits you with that, that you've got something to, you know, draw your sword against him and to silence him. All right. Number four, taking on burdens and responsibilities for how other people feel. This is a big one for me. And I've already kind of talked about this, so I won't go deep into it. But if you are finding yourself feeling responsible for everybody's happiness in 2021, I want you to stop it. You know who's, you need to be responsible for you, right? And for the Lord and for following him and, and, and walking in his ways and loving others. And, and we cannot take that burden on because it will wear you out. Another thing is being aware inside of relationships where you feel like you have to perform, where you feel like you are trying to prove yourself. Now, this is huge for me because I think that the way that I, uh, not I think, I know that one of the ways that I handled the shame in my life was to perform. It was my way of um, proving to the world, right, that I was okay, right? Shame makes us feel like there's something wrong with us. And for me, one of the things that I did was to just be this hard worker, right, and to succeed. And that 
was what I was going to use to prove to other people. And so that mindset, you know, if, if I'm, don't you think about relationships where you don't have to do that, where you can just (sighs) exhale and just be yourself, you know, um, inside of those relationships where you feel like you have to perform, one of the things that we do need to do is we need to ask ourselves, you know, is this, because here's what I used to, you know, I would just put it on the other person. Well, that I have, feel like I have to be this way or whatever, but really, you know, is this something that you're putting on yourself to feel like that you have to perform and, uh, and that you have to prove, you know, another one of my shelf worthy books, um, this year was I choose victory moving from, uh, victim to victor. And in, in my next podcast, I'm going to be giving you all five of my shelf worthy books. They're really good this year. But anyway, I want to read to you a quote and that was by Cynthia Garrett. I want to read to you a quote from her book about performing. She says this, while these roles have been the most gratifying in my life, I grew up uh, craving a career. She's talking about the role of wife and mom. Fame was a part of the payback I would give to life for mistreating me. It was the big finger to everyone who had ever abused me or or, uh, dished out injustices upon me. It was a need for revenge and to surrender that in all honesty, is one of the hardest things I've ever done. Many victims want revenge, and I wanted to prove to the world that I was worth more than the way that I had been treated. When I read that, I was like, whoa. I mean, I underlined it like three times, right? Um, And... The truth about it is, is that God is not asking us to perform. And if we find ourselves inside of relationships where we're having to prove ourselves, it's exhausting. And it may be that inside of this, inside of a particular relationship that you need to pull away from that a while and saturate yourself and your identity in Christ, right? Um And we all need a tribe. We all need that place where we're loved unconditionally and and accepted, where we can excel and or exhale and be who we are. But ultimately, ultimately, we've got to take ownership over that and say, you know, I'm going to have to let go of my fear of rejection, my need to prove myself so that I can stop performing and just be authentic. The next one is is this. Anytime you begin to feel shame, remember that this was taken for us at the cross and that we can expend a lot of emotional energy trying to reach standards, right? And so when you begin to feel shame, um, and this kind of goes along with that whole performance mentality, that is a huge emotional drain that you need to lose. All right. The next thing is this. Stop defending yourself. And I mean it. Even in the little ways, like if you're crafting an email, you know, so many times I will catch myself just, you know, I'm sorry that this happened. I was blah, 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 blah. And, you know, when we just feel this need to defend ourselves, 
even when it's completely unnecessary. And really, um, we want God to be our defender and we want to rest under his cover. You know, when we are verbally attacked by anybody, the most powerful thing that you can do is not receive what they say about you and, you know, experience that emotional weight of self-pity, not to, and then don't turn around and punish that person, right? And, and one of the ways that we can do that, if somebody is, you know, verbally attacks us, <clears throat> then we can begin to say bad things about them or, or pull that person down. But so instead of, you know, absorbing it in self-pity or punishing others, begin to praise the Lord for his love and his faithfulness. And that's how you rest under his cover. And even in the small ways, you know, there's a big difference between being verbally attacked and, you know, defending yourself in an email. I'm sorry I was late, but blah, blah, blah. But really, you know, that will eat up a lot of your time. And really, you don't need to worry about others validating you because that is what God does when you and I become Christians. He is now the one that gives us our worth and value. The last thing is this. Let God be the just judge. Let God be the just judge. If you are wronged and this is oftentimes an act of faith that we have to do. And I'm telling you, you will never hear from me. Oh, just forgive. And I know that is just huge. And a lot of times it is a process. But what I am telling you is that God is, your God is a God of justice. And if you have been wronged, I have seen this in my life over and over again. When we allow God to make things right, he will redeem that loss. Now, it may not happen directly from the person that hurt you, but it will happen. And instead of spending that energy replaying that wrong and what that person did, trust God. To get that justice for you. You know why? You have a purpose. You have a family. You have people in your life that need your emotional energy. And that is where you should spend that effort. You know, we only have so many minutes in a day. Spend them wisely. And one of the ways in 2021 that you can create more margin in your life for what matters most is to be aware of your emotions and how you're expending them and rest with the Lord and set those boundaries. And the last thing that I want to say before we end today that when your cup is empty, run to the Lord and spend time with him. You know, 
it never fails when I go to God's presence and when my cup is empty and I just come to him and say, you know what, I'm worn out and I just need a word from you, God. I just want to hear from you. I just want to be with you or, you know, or I turn on my worship music or I'll just begin to pray. That is that safe place where I can just really pour out my emotions completely authentic to God. And God is ever faithful. He will fill your cup so that you have the capacity to give out to others. Just make sure that the emotions that you're expending are being directed wisely. Thanks so much for listening in today. I always enjoy coming to you and sharing with you those timeless biblical truths from God's Word because His truth can heal your soul. Have a great week. Bye-bye.